You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others so that I can help you along your NFT journey. And you know, even though I've been in this space for several months now, I'm still learning new things every day and I love sharing those lessons along the way. Also going to have some occasional guests on the show to share the work that they're doing the journey they've been on and some interesting insights with you. And today I've got a great guest for you. Her name is Emily Drury and she works in marketing for a company called Voice, which is built as an NFT platform for creators. I wasn't familiar with Voice before we did this interview, so I was excited to dive in, learn more about the platform as well as Emily's own journey. So without further ado, let me take you to my interview with Emily. All right, I'm joined now by Emily Drury, who's the marketing director at Voice, which is an NFT platform for creators. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. We got connected by our mutual friend, Gustavo Fernandez, who's been a good friend of mine for a few years from now. He's a great photographer, and I understand you guys have done some work together and, and then ran into each other at a conference down in Miami at Art Basel. At, at Art Basel. Yeah, exactly. Shout out Gustavo. He's the best. Yeah, so good. And I remember being jealous that he was even around. I know he lives down there because I, I knew a lot of people that were in town for that and really wanted to go, but trying to stay focused on my main business and family because yeah. for me, NFTs is just kind of a side fun project investment thing. But for you, it's it's now a full-time job. So I'm curious to hear some of your story. Like how did you, you know, when did you first hear about NFTs? How did you get into this space? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is funny to hear it said that way too. Like NFTs are your full-time job. Um, Cause yeah. I think I'm still kind of wrapping my head around that. So definitely first heard about NFTs through work at voice. We have been working on ways to use blockchain to enable creators to earn a fair, a fair living. And so have been with the company for, for a while. And we decided to go all in on NFTs last year. And so that was kind of, you know, I'd heard about it from headlines and, and, you know, had knew about people and knew kind right. of like, you know, generally what was going on. But when we decided to go, go all in, that was when I really kind of dug in and thought, you know, this is, this is something that I'm going to be doing. I need to be fully, fully in it. So since then have been kind of, you know, both from a professional and then a personal perspective, really, really digging into NFTs. And one of the things that has been so fun is that like, because I'm not a crypto native, I would say, I'm able to kind of look at NFTs from an outside perspective and and therefore market them and help bring more people into the space because we think of NFT as really like a technology for digital information sharing that's going to mm -hmm. be everywhere in the future. And it's yeah. so much more than just what people's perception of the NFT space is right now. Right. And so being kind of like on the outside of that, I'm able to, to help bring more people in. So it's been an amazing experience. Yeah. I was going to ask you about you know, kind of what gets you excited about the world of NFTs. A lot of people just look from the outside and see a, a picture of an ape for, you know, 50000 or $100,000. That's crazy or whatever. But there's so much more. There's the technology community, things you mentioned. So yeah, what, what gets you excited about NFTs? 
Yeah, there's there's so much more to it. And I think, you know, right now we're up against a headline problem, right? Like the really big sales make for really great headlines or when a brand, you know, jumps into the space without doing a ton of research that that also tends to be a headline. But I think what's so much more exciting for me is having always kind of worked in social, worked with creators is, is seeing all of these different use cases that are going to allow creators to finally make a fair and easy living from the content that they're producing for digital sites. It just mm. is so exciting. And I think the other thing is that I get to work all day long with like the smartest people with, you know, on our product team and our engineering team who can build whatever we want to build, right? Mm. Like we are in the space right now that is just uncharted territory. And I think that that is just once in a lifetime opportunity. So, you know, every day I come, come to work and I get to talk to creators and hear about how NFTs are changing their lives and then mm. talk to people, my coworkers and, and come up with more ideas to change people's lives. Yeah. So it's a really amazing uh, field to be in. I'm curious when you say creators, you know, what do you mean by that? Who's in that bucket? And what do you think is changing? You know, I've heard people talk about this as being the creator economy. You know, yeah. things are being decentralized, democratized, you know, going back to creators. You know, tell me more about like, who is the typical quote creator and like, why does this create so many opportunities? Yeah, so there's a few arguments for who could be defined as a creator. You could theoretically say that anybody who's posting on social media is creating a post, so they, sure. they might be identified as such. I like to think about it as, as whoever self-identifies as a creator. So mm. that tends to be somebody who is either has a financial goal of you know earning money from the content that they create or is creating to build a community, which I think is another overused term right now, but there's no yeah. better word for it. So I'm going to use it a lot. And, and so, yeah, I would say a creator is either somebody who's built up a community or who is doing what they do on social media for a living. And, and for us, it's, it's really been an interesting exploration too, because the first NFTs that hit mainstream were what I would call crypto art, right? Like they're, they're gifts they're mm. or I guess apes, you know, they're, they're very illustrated. Yeah. They're very kind of like new age. Right. And so a lot of people refer to themselves as NFT artists. And mm. we're also out here using the broader term creators because there's so many different types of media that can be turned into an NFT. We, you could yeah. have poetry, you could have sculpture, mm. you could have painting music. music like, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So really trying to like move beyond the idea of what one might call like a traditional artist or a crypto mm. artist, everyone creators. And move beyond the traditional idea of what is art, right? Because it's yeah. the eye of the beholder, right? And the creator and who appreciates it. And it could be so many different things. And there's artists who are just making art and wanting to make a living off of that. And this creates more opportunities. But you also mentioned someone creating community. And I think of you know, the greatest example and, and the person who got me into this space, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V has created a project that is all about community, like called it V Friends. It's about creating a community, starting a conference, you know, bringing people together. And that's what people are there for. He used his art and you could say he is an artist, but you know, it's certainly not about the art per, per se. It's more about the community. I would argue probably like Board Ape Yacht Club, which is the most famous NFT project right now is mostly about quote community you know, although the art is interesting, right? But there are some things that are like just art. It's like cool artists making cool stuff and you can like their art or not, right? It doesn't matter. But if they're a creator, then, you know, they have an opportunity to make, make a better living from what they're doing in this digital space. Exactly. I think that it, it's so nice where we're at right now, because if exactly, if you want to sell art right now, you can do it. You have like, it has already been built. You have the technology 
there are collectors interested in it, you are good to go. If you want to take it a step further, and I think that like where the NFT space is heading right now is exactly what you mentioned about empowering communities to form around a shared interest or even communities that already exist people are looking for more ways to interact with one another. And, and so, you know, we talk constantly at Voice about how are we enabling communities and, and letting creators monetize them, right? Because when you have a big account on a social media platform right now, the social media platform is monetizing your, your community, right? Right. Uh, and you have to go off platform to, to make anything of it. Um, and so we're looking at, okay, you know, how do communities want to interact? Is it, you know, you buy into support a creator by buying an NFT and then you get exclusive NFTs dropped to your account or mm. you use that NFT to unlock a Zoom link for a weekly hangout session or you get a discount code to shop in their store. Like yeah. there are so many ways that people are using it already. And this is with nascent technology. So the more that products build out to support this, we're going to see some amazing stuff happen in the next yeah. year. Yeah, it's a good point. Like the nascent technology, like we don't even know what the technology is going to be like. Like I talked to somebody the other day who was, their company would basically like create t-shirts that you could get the physical and the digital that you wear in the metaverse. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And then, but eventually it will make perfect sense. You're like, oh, I want to have this t-shirt in both places. I'm curious about your personal story, Emily. What was the first NFT that you bought and why yeah. did you buy it? Yeah, so I had to, we were researching all these NFT platforms like before voice launched and I really held off buying an NFT because I wanted my first NFT ever to be bought on voice. And so I bought um, this island, um, this, this couple who are creators on voice called Dutch Igloo. They did, I think a thousand islands and they're all these incredibly beautiful, intricate digital art pieces. Mm. And I wanted one of the islands. So that was the first NFT that I purchased um, way back last year, which isn't that long ago, but it, yeah. in, you know, it feels like a long time ago because we've yeah. been through so much. And then also platform two, um, I did end up purchasing and buying into Women Rise, which is an amazing oh, um, yeah. project by um, a friend of ours, Miliha, and um, we're just really proud to be a holder of that as well. Okay. I was just looking at Women Rise this past weekend. I have some World of Women and several Boss Beauties. So I'm all about the Women's Empowerment Project and I you know, movement and love what some of these NFT projects are doing. And I was looking at Women Rise, which at least over the last weekend was minting, you know, I don't know if it still is by the time as we're recording this or if it will be by the time we release this. But uh, so that's another project you've gotten into that sounds like you're you're excited about. Yeah, and I think that like what what's been so fun is is really watching people connect with the artists behind the project. Like mm. I don't think that I would have ever met somebody like Malia if I weren't in the role that I'm currently in right now. And to watch her grow this project, like she and I talked about it before it launched, and to now like see where she's grown it to, it's just absolutely incredible. And and so I think that that's something that gets under underestimated for people who are outside of the NFT space. They're like, what are these communities? Like talking about JPEGs. I don't, I don't get it, but it's, it's also about growth and progress and initiative. Yeah, for me. yeah definitely. When you started getting in, what are one or two of the biggest questions that you grappled with and, and what answers did you come to? Cause I, I want to help other people who are still figuring this stuff out. Yeah. So we talked a lot. I struggled a lot with, with the collector mindset um, because I, I don't necessarily have like a collector 
yeah, mindset in my personal life. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I struggled a little bit with projects that didn't necessarily have a clear utility right away, but that you just bought into because you were buying into it. Um, and, and I think that like, again, what, what solved that was the idea that you could form a relationship with the creators of the project. I think also with anybody like getting into the blockchain space, there is so much to learn. I struggled a lot with you know, okay, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around this concept now, but there's all of this stuff that people are developing. And so every single day, it feels like there's something new. And, and I, and I worried that I was never going to be able to, to keep up with it. But really what I learned is that you, you learn what you need to know, and then you rely on other people who know more than yeah. you to, to get you through it. Yeah. Speaking of that, what, what's something you're still trying to figure out now? So <laughs> we're talking a lot at voice about um, multi-chain. And we're working on um, enabling kind of like a multi-chain future where people can move NFTs from different mainnets around. And, and that to me, in theory, makes sense. And then mm. as soon as we start to t- talk about wallets and different, you know, self-custody and ownership and everything like that, I get a little bit, it gets a little bit tricky for me. But again, like being somebody who isn't deep in the technology of the space, yeah. it, I'm, I'm glad I'm in that position because then I'm able to help you know, ex- once I get it, I can explain it to people in, yeah. in a way that like people who are deep in it might not be able to. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people have questions about that. Like why buy on one platform over another? Some people message me and say, you know, why think about buying on Ethereum versus Solana? And then there's different platforms. OpenSea obviously has been like the biggest, most popular in like Ethereum. Uh, what is that layer one space? Right. But then you've got all these new platforms popping up, you know, Gary V who we mentioned just released a huge new project with book games, which is done on token trove, which is a whole new marketplace on Ethereum too. And like, it just gets really confusing. Like, how do I, if I buy something, where is it? And how do I pull yeah. it over? Like, I think we're still figuring all this stuff out. And eventually, you know, 10 years from now, we'll look back and be like, I can't believe we did it that way. But yeah. right now we got to figure it out. Exactly. And what I appreciate so much about Gary Vee is that he is out there launching all these projects and he's clearly all in on the space, but he's mm. also talking a lot about like how risky it is, you know, being a part of mm-hmm. early technology and to not invest money that you don't have in projects and and like he can play around with it because yeah. he has the resources to do so. And I, and right. I really appreciate that, like the way he's guiding his community through it, like yeah. getting into NFTs does not have to be dropping 10K on your first collectible, right? right? Like, I think that that's something that I really want to evangelize is that like, you can, at least for us, like you can hop onto voice and get out your credit card and buy your first NFT for 50 bucks and just feel really secure that you're like foraying into the space without yeah. putting your family in financial danger. Right, right. Or that Women Rise project you mentioned, I think it's mending now for 0.07. So it's probably yeah. like $300 or yeah. $200 plus gas, but it's not thousands of dollars. Of course, my first NFT, my foray was with V friends and Gary V and spending, you know, essentially $40,000 on, you know, some doodles that that's worked out pretty well for me, but it was a, definitely a risky yeah. move at the time. You, you, you just don't know. And I think yeah. that, you know, you clearly like have an interest in this space. So it makes a lot of sense that you were going to, you know, explore and go further into it yeah. and, and make a bigger investment. But I think for a lot of people who are like, just want to dip their toe in, yeah. they, you know, I, I appreciate people saying like, it's okay if you build up to it. Like, right. There's a lot of sense of FOMO and rush and urgency. And no, like, no, no. dip your yes, toe in, take it slow. Like, this is going to take 10 years to be fully mainstream. Yeah, exactly. Emily, is there a, a mistake that you made 
something where you lost money somewhere or you bought something that's just like, oops, didn't, didn't mean to do that. I love sharing those, you know, mistakes <laughs> yeah. or have you been scammed at all? Like many of us. I have not been scammed, luckily, because we ah, have an incredible in cybersecurity department at my <laughs> company who has trained me very well. But I had a really, really hard time buying my ENS domain. Like it took me days and I like, I couldn't figure it out. And it turns out somehow I was on, I think, I can't even remember. I was like on Coinbase on like a view only mode or something like that. And I, I was sending all these like transactions and they were pending. And like, I, I just couldn't figure out why it wasn't going through. I had like multiple people look at it and no one could figure it out. And in that moment, like I, I could just sense how frustrating it would it is for people to get into the space, right? Like I work in this space and I couldn't mm -hmm. figure it out. Oh yeah. Um, it ended up okay. I got my domain, but like I spent hours on it. And yeah, so knock on wood, I'm lucky that nothing worse has happened so far. But it's it's yeah, it's gonna happen. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I've had my experience and and still get frustrated all the time, like trying to figure stuff out. And I'm like, I've been in this space for you know, several months and still like I, it, so many things and processes are new or I don't know what's going on. La last question, Emily, what are you most excited about with this space now? Like what gets you really excited thinking about the future of NFTs? Oh my gosh. this I, I was prepared for this question, but then of course it's like, it's so hard because I am so excited about it. I think that this summer is going to be really big for NFTs. And I think it's because people are like, we're, we're going to hit, we're going to go a little bit past the era where people are only in it for financial implications and mm. start to get in it for, like I said, like the community building goals, like we're going to get a little bit past that hype cycle. And, and I hope that like, I'm excited to see a new generation of people come into it, right? Like, like a, a whole year later, the people who've been watching and observing and plotting and preparing for them to like come full force um, into, into the space is going to be really exciting. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Cool. Um, well, just tell me real quick uh, again about voice. What do you guys do and how can people find out more information if they want to learn more? Yes. Well, luckily we have the world's easiest domain voice.com. Um, so you can go there and learn more about it, but we built a marketplace that is kind of a bridge from web 2.0 to 3.0. So it, it feels like the interface of Instagram or Etsy or a, a platform that you're really familiar with using. Um, but it has the functionality of a web three site where you're, you're buying and selling your NFTs. So we really recommend that people who are kind of just starting out start out with us because we don't have any gas fees. So you can kind of experiment without putting your budget in, um, in danger and uh, we're carbon neutral and people can buy the credit card, which is really fun for, for new collectors who kind of want to get that first NFT in their wallet. I love it. So if you're a creator or looking for your first NFT, check out voice.com. Emily, thank you again for being here. This is a fun conversation. I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. All right, that'll do it for my interview with Emily. She definitely gave me some things to think about as I consider myself a creator. I create content every day on social media. I've got a book. I have three podcasts. I'm creating a lot of content to help others. Not really an artist or musician, but definitely consider myself a creator and have been thinking about how to create an NFT from my book and for this podcast. And I think one of the next phases of my journey in this show might be getting into creating. How do I create? What do I create to give value to others? If you have ideas about that, tweet me or send me an email, andy at andystorch.com. Reach out. Let me know if you have questions, ideas. And of course, I'd love for you to share this show with others who are getting into the NFT space. 
You know I'm all about educating and helping people on their own NFT journeys. And you can find out more information about everything we're doing at mynftjourney.net. Thank you again for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.